eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Early Edge in your week three NFL mega preview this In the words of M Squared, is the most important hour of the entire week. We get you set. We look ahead at the lines right now. They change every single day depending on the market. We want you to be set, locked and loaded with all the best. Of course, the early edge brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. So excited to have them on board this year officially as our partner here on the show. Now, last week we had a really good week in college football, but also in the NFL. A few bad beats, too, as you know, is a crazy, crazy week in the National Football League. Let's quickly recap what we did last week before we look ahead to today. A whole bunch of green check marks there. Maestro having a solid week. A.B., the quarterback whisperer, R.J. as well. And look at Mikey, two out of three on official picks, but he's got a million live plays. Follow my man on social media. Last night, if you watched live, boy, you cashed a live ticket courtesy of my man, M Square. All right, let's bring in the stars of the show. You know the three, first and foremost, live from Nashville, Tennessee, the penthouse level. Mikey, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Coach. Good afternoon, Larry, RJ. As you all know, my favorite show of the week. I get to put out what I have, and I get to learn from these two, get to make a lot of fun decisions. So I see someone in the chat, usually a Spotify podcast listener, first time watching live. You picked a great show for your first one. Yes, welcome to the show. By the way, a little bonus, A.B., and prop stars are in the chat live today. If you have any questions on any future props or anything like that, put it into the chat. They will answer as we go. The crew comes together for the mega preview. Now, the man who leads our NFL charge of sports line, he is the stoic one, RJ White. Good afternoon, RJ. Good afternoon, Coach. Very happy coming off of that that Bills performance um, that moved the line. Apparently, nobody else had the Bills as the number one team in football, and they saw them dominate the Titans and said, we got to move that line a point and a half because uh, I don't know why. I don't know why what anybody else expected, but we'll talk about that in a minute. We were watching that game live on the air. I bet, no lie, RJ, I bet live the Bills six times last night. Every time it was just like the first couple. And so I cashed all six. It was amazing. It was amazing. Thank you to your bills. I think because they are awesome. They are awesome. All right. Finally, he is our OG. 
at Sportsline and the early edge when it comes to the NFL. He is the maestro, of course. Larry Hartstein, good afternoon. Good afternoon, guys. Great to be here with you. Congrats, Coach, on all of those live hits. I actually thought the Titans' defense played as well as they could. They just got zero help from the offense, couldn't sustain a drive. And I just want to give a shout-out. We have a couple of reclusive guys on the website on Sportsline.com. Jeff Hockman, 5-0 this season. That's his complete record. Brett Anderson, an NFL editor who works with RJ, 4-0. That goes back to last season where he was 23 and nine. So the guy is 27 and nine against the spread the last two seasons. Check those guys out on the website. Yeah, but Maestro, we've got a lot of new people watching right now. They hear other experts. How much would it cost to get all of their picks? How much would that cost? I think it's eight fifty six for the one week. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, you know ten dollars a month plus. We're always offering specials, quarterlies, etc. And I bet you have a promo as well. How much would it cost to get your picks, though, in addition to all that? Same. It's a one flat fee. One flat $10, $10. But what about RJ's picks? How much would that cost? And not only everything, but Jacob Gibbs, next-level fantasy advice. I mean, this guy's one of the most accurate rankers in the country. There's a lot of different things on the website beyond just the expert picks. It's why I say every single day. It's the best value in all sports betting, and it's not close. It's also why you never hear anybody else say anything because they know they know let's get into it first game on the board thursday night afc north steelers oh man they're so close to 2 and 0 the browns the browns actually today i saw an interview from chubb who said it's on me the loss is on me after scoring when if he would have gone down at the one then the head coach said i should have told him you don't need to tell a smart player to go down at the one when they're up six with no timeouts he should have done it but alas, one of the great comebacks of all time by the Jets. But the Browns still lay in the five. Maestro, let's start with you. You know, it's a, I agree with the line move. Uh, yeah, at three, I would have loved the Browns. Uh, now it's out to five. I'm gonna, still going to back the Browns in the first half. I think it's a good look at minus three or less. How about this? The Steelers have scored three points in the first quarter uh, this season. They have scored. They've not scored a touchdown in the first quarter in 11 games. There's a lot of talk in Pittsburgh about Matt Canada. Is this guy supposed to be an offensive coordinator? Last year, they said, oh, Big Ben was the problem. Now they're saying maybe it's Matt Canada who's the problem. Very simple playbook. They run the same plays over and over. Now the Browns will not have Clowney. That's a big loss. But just with the state of the Steelers offense dead last in a lot of the offensive metrics, the analytics, um, this is a really bad offense. I would look at Cleveland early in this game. Yeah, Mikey, when you look at that, if if you take away the last two touchdowns from the Jets, two weeks in a row, the Browns offense has looked really good. Maestro's right, correct? Oh, yeah, he's definitely correct. They, I mean, again, he is correct, but they've played two really weak opponents uh, is the only thing I will say to that. Carolina, just not a great team at this point either. Uh, but as far as the game, I, I lean towards the Browns here. Uh, look, I'm not going to play it at minus five. Minus four and a half is okay, but I really would need this to show three and a half for me to become interested. Uh, I, I think four and a half is close to where the number should be. I have it between four and a half and five. Uh, so I'm not going to get there on it. I actually have a slight lean towards the over, believe it or not here. This total is very low at 38, 38 and a half. Uh, I make it a little bit closer to 40. Not going to play it pregame. Going to watch, potentially have live betting opportunities on that one as well. Uh, it is a short week, but uh, I do think that the situation on the Brown side, I do think that they're going to allow some points in this game, but I think they win and probably cover late. 
Okay, we're going to keep our eye on it. Of course, we've got a live show, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursday night. Leading up to, we'll have all the props, all the latest sides, line movements, all that kind of stuff, uh, right up to kickoff on Thursday night. We're going to go through every single game, nine early games, four late games, and, of course, you got Monday night football. And then we'll do our little rapid-fire recap at the end to make sure you have all of the best bets. Since we do go through every single game, it can get a little bit confusing. We're going to rectify that for you. All right, let's get into our Sunday games. And, Mikey, I'm coming right back to you because this is the first leg of a teaser for you. The Chiefs, this number's been hovering around seven, six and a half. They've looked awesome in the first two weeks. However, the Colts, they tie the Texans in week number one. Then for some reason, the Colts cannot win in Jacksonville, and they lose. So they're 0-1-1, and and somehow it's less than a touchdown. Talk to me. Yeah, look, I'm breaking rules on this one for sure, backing the road team here in the teaser. But I, I'm putting the Chiefs in the teaser, bringing them down uh, to half a point here. I, I like the spot for them to get the win. You said they looked awesome the first two weeks. I will counter that with they had flashes of awesome and flashes of bang the head against the wall for a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. That's true. So, you know, this Colts team, they're not as bad as what they've put out on the field. At least I don't think they are. They still got pieces, obviously. Very concerned with some of the injuries. Yes, they return home finally. Uh, they, they should have a much better effort on their home field for this game. Ultimately, I think the Chiefs end up winning the game, though, and that's why I'm playing them in a teaser here. Uh, Going to put it with the Chargers. We'll talk about that game in a little bit. But Kansas City gets this one done. Uh, probably does not end up covering, though. Mm, very interesting. What do you think of that, Maestro? I agree with him. I don't I don't think the Chiefs are a good bet to cover. I mean, there's a million systems that say you take a desperate 0-2 home team, but yet Patrick Mahomes has never lost a game indoors, we should note. The, the good news for the Colts, Pittman is making quote-unquote good progress, should be back this week or could be back. What about Shaq Leonard? He practiced in full the last couple of days before the game, but was ruled out. If they get those two guys, that's your most talented player, your, your best receiver, and your best defensive player, your defensive captain. This is going to be a competitive game. But all that said, I still like Kansas City to win because, I mean, you look at that Colts offense, they look broken uh, down in Jacksonville. They weren't terrible against Houston the first week. They had over 500 yards. Uh, but they did screw up in the red zone. So I'll take the Chiefs, but I don't think they'll cover. How about the Chick-fil-A nugget of the day by A.B. in the chat? Patrick Mahomes, 48 touchdowns, three interceptions in his career in the month of September. The last time I checked, we're in the month of September. All right, moving on to game number three. You're watching the Early Edge brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. We're here every single day and every single Tuesday with our NFL Mega Preview. RJ, I'm coming to you because this is one I think has potential, potential to be the game of the week. Your Buffalo Bills laying the fort against a Miami Dolphins team that was dead to rights going into the fourth quarter. Ravens, Super Bowl champs, looking like the best team. Wait a second. Not so fast. Tua, Tyreek Hill, Jarvis Landry, all of them in the fourth quarter went bananas. Start the conversation. This line opened four and a half um, after Miami looked amazing, which is what the look-ahead line was. I was a little surprised by that. <clears throat> so I put it in on the site, Miami plus four and a half. Went down to four, and I'm like, okay, people are seeing what I'm seeing. Then the Bills game happens. They go out, blow the doors off the Titans. They were 10-point favorites. They are expected to win that game big. Um, maybe not that big, but still, you know, handle their business. And then now it's five and a half on 
Tuesday. And I don't understand that line move when everybody had the Bills number one in their power ratings. You can't really give them a point and a half more on top of already making them the best team in the league. Then you're putting them in the stratosphere of like 07 Patriots. And we might have, be able to have that conversation in eight, nine weeks, 10 weeks, but a little early for that right now. <clears throat> the Dolphins to me deserve three points for home field advantage. And you also obviously have to respect the offense now. As good as Buffalo is, I can't see them as plus eight and a half against Miami on a neutral, which is what it would be with the current line. Um, Buffalo does have the big edge on defense, number one in yards per play, while Miami's number 32, thanks to Baltimore's big plays last week. I think that Miami wide receiver duo is going to be tough to cover. Trey White's still out. Jackson had that bad injury. Um, I don't expect him to play in this game. So even if Miami D can't stop the Buffalo offense, I think Miami can backdoor cover a big number like five and a half, which is what it is now. So I would play the five and a half. Maybe the market gives you six, um, you know, closer to game time. You guys can get a better number, but I'm a little surprised it's this high already. Mikey, if there's one thing that you have taught us the last couple of years is that you cannot always look at what happened last week. You can't do it. So with that being said, the Bills looked amazing. They score over 40. And if you take away the fourth quarter, which you can't, the Dolphins were getting blown out. So to RJ's point, how do fans who don't have the luxury of looking at numbers like you do, how do they take that out of their minds? Yeah, it's difficult to take it out of your minds for sure. Um, you know, I think that you can start to look at the body of work, meaning they've both played two games already. Uh, and Miami, while they ultimately had a relatively convincing win late over uh, the Patriots, they did struggle at times with them as well. Uh, and that's what I'm looking at most in this game. Buffalo is a significant increase in terms of the defensive pressure that they're going to be able to put on Tua. And just overall, yes, it's difficult to cover Tyreek uh, and Waddle. That's going to be really difficult. And Gasecki is, frankly, very good in the passing game. They have legitimate weapons. The question is, can Tua handle the pressure in the big spots here? Is he going to be able to not make mistakes? I personally think he will ultimately make a mistake. I'm sure our man AB will have a no-fly zone interception prop for Tua <laughs> for this game. Um, look, the number at four and a half, I think the number there is pretty much right. I think there are many scenarios where the Bills win by double digits still. Um, but once this thing gets to five and a half and it's trending to the point where we might see a six, uh, that's a big number considering the offense that they're playing against in a road environment like that. Um, so, look, I, I think the number should be four is where I make it. It seems crazy. It probably is one of those scenarios where Bills win by double digits. And I'm like, yeah, probably should have been on it, you know, less than a touchdown here. But. I, we need a lot more data on the Miami side. I, I'm not sure how good they are just yet, but I'm kind of getting worried that they're actually really good. <laughs> Maestro, how good do you think the Dolphins are? I think they're legit. Uh, I'm excited by everything Mike McDaniel's doing. But when you got two receivers that both run a sub 4-3 and you have a brilliant offensive mind, I mean, who have the Bills faced in terms of the deep speed? If Van Jefferson was out in week one, so it was Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson who's not getting deep on anyone. The Titans, we know, have no receivers to speak of. This is the first legitimate test for that back end of the secondary without Tredavious White. Very curious to see how this one goes. Me too. And I think this is going to ultimately be the game of the week. Two teams that are – Bills are certainly a playoff team. The Dolphins are looking like they're trending towards being a playoff team. All right, moving on to the next game. And you talk about Heartbreak Hotel. Listen to the scenario that the Raiders lost last week as they're giving one on the road in Tennessee at 1 o'clock traveling from west to east. The Raiders up 20 to nothing at halftime. 
Then they allow Kyler Murray to look like a $230 million quarterback. He scores on the final play of the game. Triple zeros. Two-point conversion. Reviewed it. It stands. They fumble in overtime. 59-yard return. And somehow they lose. All of that happened in the fourth quarter in the second half. So, as I come to you, RJ, what are we doing on this game? So this was one yesterday, and then the Titans got blown out by the Bills. Again, a situation I thought was pretty clear was going to happen. Line moved one and a half points for the Titans. Now, you can get a little more because the Titans, you know, are in that mid-range. So so people are still moving them up and down the range. Otherwise, other than the Bills, you know, the Bills are already on top. So... This line moves one and a half points after Tennessee's embarrassed by Buffalo. I don't think there's any shame in that. There's going to be plenty of teams embarrassed by Buffalo this year. I mean, did the market forget the Raiders are 0-2 and just put together an embarrassing second half in that game that you mentioned? This line's up to two and a half now. I think it's a perfect teaser leg. I don't think the Titans are as bad as they looked against the Bills. The Vegas offense, 25th in sack rate, while the, the Tennessee defense is fifth. I think Jeffrey Simmons is going to be a problem for this Las Vegas offensive line, while the Vegas defense is last in sack rate. So Tannehill's going to be more comfortable this week than he has been the last few weeks. I think Henry's going to take over a game eventually. It could be against this mediocre defense here. I think te- teasing this up to eight and a half is the way to go. Um, actually, it's at, at two right now. It's come down a little bit. So tease it up to eight. It's still a good number to tease and um, play them because the Raiders, I don't think, are going to be blowing people out. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Really quick, Mikey, because a lot of people last night, we had several teasers on the show. Give me a 30-second uh, philosophy when you're doing teasers because so many new players are coming into our show. Yeah, so in the NFL, when you have a home team like this, you're pretty much almost – I shouldn't say always teasing them. A two and a half home dog in this spot, it would be an automatic play. Blindly play that gets you up to eight and a half, makes it a three uh, or two score game there at that point. Very similar um, to some of the other plays that we've made. So this one profiles at as a nice teaser leg as long as you can get one and a half or two and a half, one and a half, two or two and a half. Uh, so grab it now because I do believe the Titans will be the sharp side in this game. Uh, this is a classic case where it might move throughout the week to the point of a pick maybe even the Titans being favored by kickoff. I also wonder, and I haven't seen anything, I haven't heard anything, and this is just pure speculation, but Ryan Tannehill did not look good last night, and I wonder how much of a leash with that young quarterback that they just drafted sitting on the bench, how long will that leash be? I don't know. Pure speculation. All right, let's move on to game number five of the week, fourth game. Yes, Maestro, you got something? Yeah, I just want to say that uh, I know what RJ said about the sack rate, but when you do have Max Crosby and Chandler Jones and you might not have Taylor Luan, their offensive line fell apart last night when he went out. Uh, Mm Might have fallen apart anyway against that Bills front and and Rousseau, who's just so fun to watch. But I think that's going to be a major edge. You're having big offensive line problems in Tennessee. Uh, I think that's a major edge for the Raiders. Yeah, there's no question. Tannehill was in the second half letting it go too early, and it caused pick sixes. It caused all kinds of problems because he was had he had scared feet back there. Rightfully so. All right. Thank you, Maestro. Moving on to the next game, Lions and the Vikings. Another interesting matchup. It's amazing how the NFL gods match up a team that played really good last week and then a team that you're like, what? But played pretty good in week one. That's what we have here. So, RJ, I'm coming to you first. Lions at the Vikings, and last night I had a buddy text me. He's like, we were on the over, and he was like, is Kirk Cousins on the under? 
as he kept throwing turnover after turnover inside the red zone, and the Vikings just couldn't score. But they're still laying six and a half, total sitting at 52 and a half. Uh, start the conversation, please. Well, that's primetime Kirk for you. I was on the under because you don't <laughs> want to back Kirk Cousins in primetime. Um, the, the Lions defense looked incredible in the first half against Washington. There's no chance they slow down Justin Jefferson in this game. One o'clock game, more, more in Kirk Cousins' wheelhouse. Uh, Minnesota's defense, 28th in yards per play, despite that quality week one against Green Bay. I think the Detroit offense can keep scoring here. Uh, against the spread, I would lean Minnesota, but I like Detroit's backdoor potential, so I'm not rushing to play it. I think the only way you play this game is, like I have been playing all these Lions games, go over. They have a really good offense, really good offensive line, and they have a terrible defense, and we know the Vikings can score with those receivers. So um, even though this is a relatively high total, 52.5, I think we can still hit it. Yeah, uh, RJ was on the Commanders Lions over 48 and a half last week in that cast. I think third quarter, didn't it, RJ? Wasn't it something like cast? that? It looked like a sweat yeah. early because, like I said, the Detroit defense played well in the first first half. So I was like, well, I don't know where this came from, but I guess this one's done. And then uh, the Detroit defense, you know, reverted to form and all those points came in in the second half. Maestro, in our futures episode that we did with you and RJ and Emery and the guys, the Lions, they were one team that you guys were high on. In week one, they lose by three, late comeback in the fourth quarter. They look like a legit good football team. What do you make of them after two weeks? Well, RJ was all over them. He had a lot of futures on them. I was on the Vikings, and really nothing that's happened so far this season uh, has changed my opinion of Minnesota or of Detroit. Detroit's going to be much improved. I think the Vikings are going to get to, to 10 wins, to 9 or 10 wins. And, you know, the Lions can score, though. They, they got weapons. They have offense. You know, they're, they so far through two weeks, they are one of the better offenses in the league. Lions overs look good. Uh, and Eagles overs look good to me, too, uh, if you don't get a Kirk Cousins performance against them. No doubt about it. Oh, it was driving me absolutely insane. How did I know that RJ was on the under? How did I know? All right. Now, another game. This next game. Mikey, I'm coming to you first. You mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm telling you right now, Russell Wilson is kicking himself for not staying in the NFC. I'm telling you. Because right now, the Eagles are the Super Bowl favorite from that side. They're laying for in Washington, the Commanders have looked poor at best, even though they are one and one. The total sits at 50. Talk to me, Mikey. Yeah, uh, this one is really close to a play for me. I, I like the Eagles here. I don't know why I'm being stubborn, hoping I can get a three and a half at some point, uh, but I, I like it. Uh, it's not going to shock me if it moves to five and moves against me, but uh, I think this line should be six is where I, I would make this line. Uh, I like the Eagles in the spot. They've looked great. Jalen Hurts has looked great. Having A.J. Brown there has actually been a really big benefit for that offense in general. Uh, knock on wood, the, all three running backs are healthy at this point. Uh, I, I think it's a fantastic setup for them. It's a little nervous when you get a little nervous when you back a road team in division against a team coming off a loss in a game that they probably thought they should have won in Detroit. Um, so that's a little bit of the cause for concern. I'm hoping the market gets me to three and a half somehow so I can play it at four. Uh, but again, my number makes it six. Wow, six for the Eagles. Who would have thought after two weeks that they would have so – and it goes right back to Jalen Hurts, Maestro. It really, really does on how good he's playing at the quarterback position. And then on the other side, you've got Carson Wentz, who we cast the interception prop with him last week because he almost is good for one every single game. Where do you stand on this one on Tuesday? Well, a lot of books suggested this up to six and a half right now. That's the predominant line. And, and you know, RJ was like, people expected the Bills to do what they did, but I don't think people expected the Eagles to dominate the way they did. And that's why you're seeing this line up at six and a half. 
Uh, I don't think it gets to seven, a full seven, because the commanders did look good, you know, offensively in the second half, did look good in, in week one at home. Um, you know, right now I'm, I'm staying away from this one. Full transparency, I've already played the Eagles at minus four. I did, I did, I did, I did. Well, you I got to... a good number. You got a yeah, good number. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I did, I did. All right, next game, RJ, I'm coming to you first because I'm still trying to figure out, are the Bengals just a flash in the pan? Is Joe Burrow not as good as we thought week one? Okay, he just didn't do much against the Steelers. Still had a chance to win. But then last week against Cooper Rush, Dak is out. They looked porous at best. Again, still had a chance to win late but couldn't come through. Cowboys win against the Bengals, but on the road, laying four and a half against a Jets team that's going to be flying high at home, coming off that unbelievable comeback in the final two minutes. You like the Bengals here. Tell me why. This Cincinnati offense should improve as the season progresses. Burrow was limited in the preseason, didn't play at all. He had that impendence issue, uh, surgery, very, you know, severe issue. And, and, and we shouldn't expect him to come in in week one and just look like the guy that's that's carrying them through the playoffs. Um, I know they did go to the Super Bowl, but obviously they were not the top team in the playoffs going in. You know, everybody expected to be the Bills or Chiefs. Then they go ahead and, and, and get it done. So not a surprise they would come back, a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. I still love them in this game. They are 31st in yards per play on offense, 31st in sack rate. That's a against two of the toughest matchups you're going to have. Um, an offensive line that's still trying to come together should not be facing TJ Watt and Micah Parsons in the first two weeks. The Jets defense doesn't have an elite pass rush, and they are beatable in the pass game over the top, and, and that's not great news if you have to face Jamar Chase. I think he can hit some big plays in this game. Um, the Cincinnati defense needs to generate more pressure, but they have been good on third down. I don't think Flacco's going to have back-to-back good games. Jets, like you said, flying high after that upset win that shouldn't probably shouldn't have happened. I cashed in. They were one of my best bets at five, five and a half, six, six and a half, and I uh, felt very fortunate that they came back and won that game. Um, so I think the Bengals are going to get back on track here against a much easier defense for their offensive line to handle. And Burrow's going to get better as the season goes along. So love the Bengals at four and a half. I believe the look ahead was six or six and a half. So we're getting good value here. Mikey, do you feel like this is a get right spot for the Bengals as well? I do. Uh, I'd feel a lot better about it if it was at home, but uh, yeah, I do think it was, it, it is an obvious get right spot for them. Um, Look, I, I don't have a ton of value on the number. I make it five and a half. Um, you know, it's to the point where it's mostly playable. Um, you know, this is a line that would still be Bengals minus six and a half minimum, potentially even hitting seven and a half if they had showed up and played well so far this season. Uh, so just from that standpoint alone, I think you're getting a pretty good value on it. Uh, but I have downgraded them a little bit based on what I've seen so far this season. Uh, just comes down to what camp are you in? Do you think they bounce back a little bit, or do you think what we've seen through two weeks is more representative of who they really are? Um, again, I've made those adjustments, so I, I still lean pretty heavily to the Bengals at four and a half, but I haven't played it. Well, we'll see what Mikey says on Sunday. He's a big part of our Sunday coverage as well. I, I love this part of the year because you can see how the lines move and see how my guys really adjust to it. Because sometimes you play one team on Tuesday, by Sunday, you're either off or you're playing the other team. That's how much these shows matter and watching them in real time. All right, let's go to game number seven at one o'clock on Sunday. This is kind of, you know, that emoji on your phone where it's like the, the throw up, like, ugh. that's what I feel like when I look at this game. You got the Saints who did absolutely nothing against the Bucks last week. You got the Panthers who, through the first couple of weeks, yeah, I guess they're exciting. I guess Baker's better, but still, look, total one right now. The Saints, last time we checked, on the road laying three maestro start us 
You know, it's so hard to back Baker Mayfield, but uh, in this spot, you know, getting three, two games they could have won, should have won the first week against the Browns, probably should have beaten the Giants as well, it, really struggling in the red zone. I mean, Jameis Winston's got the, the fractures in his back. Kamara didn't play. Ingram played well, and then he coughed up a, a, a fumble in the red zone, turned that entire game. The Saints have just such a limited offense right now. Uh, that I would have to take the I would definitely lean towards the home team. Okay. RJ, talk to me. Carolina's defense surprisingly strong, number one in pass yards per play. Somewhat due to the opposition. I mean, you play Jacoby Brissett one week, you play Daniel Jones and that that offense that's still trying to get their feet on under them in the other week. So that's some of it. Um New Orleans pass offense coming off a rough game. Jameis injury is a problem, like Larry said. So maybe Carolina defense can keep up that that um you know elite play against the in this matchup. Maybe the Saints offense is better if Kamar's back in this game. I don't think they really deserve to be road favorites. So I would lean to Carolina as well. Probably the value, probably like the under better because I'm not impressed by Carolina's offense. Um, you know, in that game, they should I think they should have beat the Giants, you know, the way that offense was mm-hmm. going. McCaffrey had a huge game. And how do you only put 16 points on the board? They're not executing in the red zone. So um, if that continues to happen and the Saints can continue to struggle with Jameis's injury. Seems like this one's going to come under. Yeah, it was 3-3 Saints and Bucks until late third quarter end up being 20-3, but I can see the same type of scenario uh, in this particular game. Uh, Jason in the chat says, I am locking up video-wise. I'm just going to give you a little tease. I've been teasing this for a month. I am literally doing this show in a different part of my house. I have a beautiful home studio. Why am I locking up? They're doing construction in my house for work. And as soon as I can tell you what that is, and the three guys on the screen know exactly what's coming, you guys are going to thank us. You're going to say, give me more. That's exactly what we're going to do. Think bigger. Think bigger. That's all I can say right now. But very, very soon, I can give it away. But in the meantime, we still have several more games to get to, but we got to pay for that construction that's going on in my beautiful home studio. So let's hear from one of our incredible partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back. All right, we've got a lot more games to get to. You're watching the Week 3 NFL Mega Preview with the three greatest minds at Sportsline in the NFL, R.J. White, the maestro, and, of course, M Squared. All right, guys, two more games at 1 o'clock. Mikey, I'm coming to you first. Ravens, that one's going to sting for a while. When you're up 21 points twice and you can't hold on, and apparently I learned my lesson the hard way. You can't include Lamar when you're blaming the whole team for that loss. You can't do it. It's against the rules. Uh, the Patriots laying three at home somehow. The total, 43. Why are the Patriots favored in this game, Mikey? Go. Uh, the uh, Patriots aren't favored. They're, it's Ravens minus three. I am laying the road chalk oh, here with the Ravens minus three. Um, look, I make this line minus five. I, I have a pretty – 
downgraded the Patriots quite a bit. Uh, I don't think they're anywhere close to where they've been in years past. Uh, we've all kind of known that and seen it, but at this number, uh, look, there's no reason the Ravens should have lost that game to Miami. Yes, it was a great comeback from Tua, uh, but not something that they're likely to let happen again. Uh, and in that scenario, this Patriots offense is certainly not one that's going to put up points like that. Um, so I, I'm struggling to see Miami keeping up with this one. I expect a really good effort from Lamar. I think that everything's looking good over there. Maybe Dobbins is activated for this game as well. Uh, it, there's a lot going on here. Wouldn't shock me at all to see this thing three and a half very soon uh, and potentially even close at four. RJ, is the reason we're not seeing three and a half yet that for some reason the sports books, even though Brady's been gone for a couple of years, are they still respecting New England because of Bill Belichick and the fact that he's still there? I think they are. I mean, Baltimore's offense is number one in yards per play, but it's thanks to those explosive plays. He means 55-yard, 75-yard touchdowns, Lamar running for 78-yard touchdowns, whatever the, it was. New England defense can limit those, though. I know they lost some personnel during the offseason, but they're not the type of defense to give up big plays like that. Um, it's hard to give the New England defense much credit for slowing down a bad Pittsburgh offense, um, but they are, were solid against Miami. You know, Miami didn't have nearly as much of explosive plays in that game as they did against Baltimore. Um, New England's pass game isn't great, but it can exploit Baltimore secondary if injuries affect their depth again. Um, I think that's part of what happened with Miami is that Baltimore just didn't have the personnel to handle those two, those top two receivers. Now, of course, New England doesn't have anybody near the level of a Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle combination, but we've seen Kendrick Bourne, you know, put up some big plays. We know Jacoby Myers can put up, you know, nine catches for 90 yards and, and have a solid game. So I think there, there is the opportunity for New England to be solid on offense here. The number feels about right to me. My Baltimore ratings probably a little high, I have them third in the the NFL behind the Bills and Chiefs, and I have them a pretty decent amount above the next level of teams. So maybe they should be closer to that level of teams, and and the line would make a little more sense at two and a half. But I think this is about probably where it should be. Larry, how bullish are you on the Ravens as well? Uh, not right now. Uh, not with the injuries that they're dealing with, and and you, they have the explosion explosive plays, but on a down to down basis, I don't think that offense has been as good as I thought it would be. Uh, I'm, I'm staying away right now, but uh, I, I'm definitely not laying it. No, I can't. Well, I'm going to play this somehow. I, it's either going to be Ravens with Mikey or, I don't know, team total, something. But I'm going to be playing this game in some way, shape, or form. Moving on, several more games to get to. One more game at 1 o'clock, Texans and the Bears. Now, I wanted to give Houston RJ a lot of credit. They go into Denver. They're keeping it close, and they do what they do at the end, and they can't even complete a pass. So the Broncos win, but they didn't look good either. The Bears looked listless on the road Sunday night in Green Bay, but they're laying the two and a half, total of 40 and a half. What side do you like in this game? How can you lay points with the Bears, with what you've seen with the Bears? I mean, this game should be pick them probably. Um, that's where my numbers have it. I think the Texans are a little bit better than the Bears, and I'm not, and I'm giving the Bears only a little bit for home field advantage. Um, Texans' offense is last in yards per play, but at least Mills isn't throwing picks. Chicago's offense, not much better, has just 76.5 pass yards per game. Worst sack rate in the league. We expected that with that um, – that uh that offensive line houston defense has actually been impressive they 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 held their own against two supposed playoff teams only really had one bad half one bad quarter i should say against the the colts in that game but they were stopping them in, in on their side of the field they were limiting uh, what the what denver could do you know limiting the field goals for the most part so i'm surprised chicago's line points to anyone i bet houston but definitely a teaser at plus eight and a half because the bears aren't going to cover double you know nine points against anybody I think we lost coach here. 
Yeah. Yep, we lost coach here. All right. Well, I'll give a take on this game quickly then. Uh, I pretty it. much agree with uh, with RJ in this spot. The, it's an excellent teaser leg despite being a road game for the Texans. I don't like the Chicago offense to cover nine against literally anyone in the league. You could argue that they shouldn't be favored against anyone in the league other than maybe, in my opinion right now, Seattle. Uh, if this were Seattle on the road at Chicago, but even then I think it would be minus one. Uh, so very much in line with RJ on this one. All right, guys. Well, let's get to the next game, uh, which is Jags and Chargers. Uh, Mike, I want to come to you first, and I have some very strong opinions on this game, and uh, I think we might be disagreeing. Yeah, so this game is interesting. Uh, I still like the Chargers a lot. Uh, I'm not playing them to cover the seven. Uh, I've got them in teasers. Uh, That's what I'm going to do, take them down to minus one. Very much like the Colts game with the Chiefs. Ultimately, I think the better team ends up winning on the football field, but probably fails to cover the spread. The thing that kind of stinks about this one, though, I make this number closer to 10, and I would normally be playing this automatically at minus seven. However, I'm a little worried with the injury to Justin Herbert. I ultimately think he ends up playing, uh, but I, I certainly think that is priced in. Keenan Allen is priced in. Um, all of those things are priced in. So I like that they're at home. I like a lot of that. I think they could ultimately get the job done and win the game outright. But there's definitely a scenario where Justin Herbert leaves this game early, and I'm a little worried about it because the number at seven, is it stinks. It should be eight and a half minimum. Well, I told you something might happen. They cut my internet line. Swear to God. They came out and said, oh, no. I said, it's okay. It's okay. It happens. Growing pains. Growing pains. So we've only, we're still in the next game, right? Jack's charges. We're good. We're good. Yeah. I'm about to uh, take on Mikey right there because. Oh. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a great spot for the charges when you think about the extra rest and you think the Jack's coming off a monumental win. They're in first place in the division. Everyone is is telling them how great they are. This is their year. It do, And then they have to travel cross country. It does look like a great spot for the Chargers, but we know the rib injury to Justin Herbert and, and it's serious. Like, I mean, this guy could re-injure it at any time with, if he takes a big hit, I assume he will play, but how about the center Corey Lindsley, when he went out against the chiefs, that offense got much worse. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if you look at the play per play, once he was out, he is so critical to them up front. He got an injection in his knee. They expect him to practice this week, which sounds good. But again, I mean, those guys, when you talk about him and Keenan Allen and Herbert, uh, if I get bad news on Lindsley or, you know, Herbert, I'm definitely going to be on Jacksonville trying to get it on, you know, get on them before it drops. Uh, Chase Daniel would be the backup there. So Capper Taylor in the chat says something very interesting. I mean, I don't really understand it. It says something like Jake hit the music. What do you think that might mean, Maestro? What do you think that might mean? Are we challenging today? Is it a Tuesday showdown? Nah, nah, we're not challenging. I mean, because Mikey used it in a teaser, so we're not challenging. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm essentially okay. on their money line. Uh, gotcha, I'm, I'm gotcha. mostly agreeing that I the be- they're the better team. I think they ultimately win the football game still, uh, but the number stinks because well, there's a lot of injury stuff priced in, is what I'm saying, and it's a, a little scary. So we got them on the money line. I think they take care of business, get the job done, uh, but I want no part of that number at seven. Oh, boy. He's just frozen again, guys. I'm going to take over here or or not take over, but uh, at least move us on to the next game, which is going to be, oh, a thriller. Falcons at Seahawks. 
Uh, RJ, take it away. This game should be uh, sending, you know, love letters to Texans Bears that it's not the worst game on the slate. You know, there's actually going to be some in- level of interest in this game. I have best bet Atlanta plus two. I'm not worried about the travel with the Falcons who stayed out west after the Rams game. So it's not going to be a bad travel spot for them. Atlanta's offense has had solid numbers considering they faced good defenses, you know, the Saints and the Rams. Um, Seattle's defense, 29th in pass yards per play. I don't trust the run D either with Adams done. So I think the Atlanta offense can have some success in this game. While the Seattle offense it has just 230 four and a half yards per game they limit mistakes but there's not much upside they're not going to suddenly put together a huge offensive day so i think the atlanta offense is the best unit in this game so i'm happy to take points with them and fade the uh the seahawks you know laying points in this situation another good teaser team if you wanted to tease them but i just think atlanta plus two is a really good play I agree. They make a great teaser. Like I saw a quote from Pete Carroll saying he's going to let Geno cook, or there was some information that he's going to let him air it out. But the Falcons have good corners. When you talk about AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward, that's the strength of their defense. Uh, That could be problematic. I agree with you uh, that this is going to be a tight game and the Falcons are a good teaser. Mike, you got anything on this one? Uh, yeah, I lean with you guys as well. Uh, look, I, I make this game and a pick them. Uh, and I think that's being kind of generous uh, to the Seattle side. I think they're basically the worst team in the NFL, uh, very close to it. If they, you know, they, they get a big home field advantage for playing at home. Yes, that, that's still true. Uh, but I've been very impressed with Atlanta at times. They, they haven't been great in every game, but they've shown really significant flashes of excellence, in my opinion, for what they're working with. And uh, I think Marcus Mariota has a big game on the ground in this one, too, with his legs. I I like them. I think they went out right. Yeah, and there's a lot of explosive talent on Atlanta that can take advantage of the Seahawks back end without Jamal Adams. Let's move on to the next game, Rams-Cardinals. Guys, I'm going to throw it to you, but I would just say that through six quarters, I think the Cardinals were the worst team in the NFL. You know, if we stopped the games at halftime on Sunday – they would have had a claim worse than any other team in the NFL. You could throw the Bears, Texans, Seahawks, whoever. Uh, but then, they, of course, we know what happened after that. Yeah, they have looked really bad. Uh, you know, I said it after the first week, and then I ultimately bet on them in week two. But after week one, I was like, yeah, that's a six-win team. They, they look like a team that is going to win six games in this season. Uh, then I bet on them plus six. They, they came back and uh, got that done for me but still very concerned. Hopefully that late second, that last second win turns some things around there. Uh, I'm not sure though. I, I think that James Conner situation is also incredibly concerning. Not a ton of usage, clearly something wrong in terms of an injury. Uh, I'm not really willing to back them here. Um, I think the number is mostly efficient at this point, uh, but I have to lean towards the Rams in, in this matchup. And I, I think it'll ultimately end up being competitive like it usually is. Uh, so I'm not going to let the point spread come into play right now at the number currently. Yeah, I would, I would lean to the Rams too. I mean, it's down to three and a half. Rams offense struggling a bit, but they're good on third down. You know, thank you, Cooper Cup, for that. Uh, where Arizona's defense ranks 31st. I know uh, Arizona's defense kind of shut down Javante Adams in that game, or maybe the uh, Derek Carr shut him down because uh, I don't know why he's not passing to him as much as he should be. Uh, so. Maybe they do that in this game and Allen Robinson eats, but the Rams stats overall are skewed by the Bills game. So I'm not really going to cite them because the Bills just blew them out of the water. Um, Rams took care of Atlanta. If not for that punt block, they should have won by double digits. Arizona has seven points in the first half of their games. Um, you know, they would be 0-2 if, if Vegas didn't play prevent offense and prevent defense at the same time. Um, McVay owns this matchup, as we know. Um, Arizona did get a win. Uh, Kingsbury got his win last year. Arizona is not playing like they were last year when they got that upset win. You know, they rattled off a bunch of wins beginning of the year. That's not 
not this team, especially with how limited they are with all those receiver injuries. And McClure's guy, Greg Dortch, you know, carrying like the, the mantle for the receiver uh, room there. So um, I think the Rams minus three and a half is a pretty solid play. I'm waiting to see if it comes down to three. RJ, and I remember that game when, when Arizona did that. There were turnovers involved, but also the Rams were off a Super Bowl-type win. I believe it was over the Buccaneers um, the week before. Uh, I have to check back at the schedule, but that was interesting because McVay has owned him. Uh, so we don't have an official play on that game. We're leaning Rams. Let's move on to the next game. I mean, everyone wants to see this one. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, father time. Uh, this feels like it might be 10-7, though, given the way the offenses have looked. RJ, what's your play on this one? Yeah, the total was like 46, 46 and a half. It's crashed all the way down to 41 with Tampa's re- receiver issues. Evan's not going to play unless there's an appeal. I haven't seen any news on, on the appeal. I think that was coming today. Um, so, But they're going to be limited at receiver. They just signed Cole Beasley to the practice squad. Even if he plays in this game, he's obviously not going to have a huge role off of just a few days of practice. Um, so you add those receiver issues with Tampa Bay's defense looking completely elite you know, through two wins. Um, and those two wins are on the road in tough settings. And they shook off the Saints demons. Everybody was on the Saints last week. And Tampa's defense went in and got that got it done and got the win for them. Green Bay's defense just 26 in yards per play, but they're winning on third downs. They're tied for second on third down efficiency and Tampa's defense also tied for second. You know, the difference is Tampa's defense elite versus pass third in yards per per pass per play on in the past uh, game third and sack rate. Um, Tampa owned the two matchups they had in 2020 last time they played. They won both out through outright as dogs. Um, I think Tampa's probably going to win this game. Uh, so I have them minus two as a best bet, but hopefully we get a little bit better number as people are worried about the, uh, the bucks receivers. I like it a lot. Um, Mikey, you got anything on this one or should we move on to uh, Sunday night football? Uh, quickly, I do lean with RJ here on Tampa minus two. I make the game minus four, also holding out to see if we get this even further the other way. I do think we'll see some late buying on the Packers side as the news doesn't look good uh, on the other side. So I lean towards Tampa here, not touching the total at 41 at this point. Um, if it were somehow 40 and a half, and you know, under that key number of 41, then I would be interested in playing the over. Uh, ultimately, I think the, the Bucs end up putting up some points in this game. This next one is fascinating because I've seen some guys that I respect the heck out of that I think are some of the sharpest NFL minds out there, and they are on the Broncos this week on Sunday Night Football. This line, the look ahead, I believe, was Denver minus two and a half, uh, something like that. We have come all the way through the zero. I believe we're at one and a half right now with the 49ers favorite. I'm going to check it right now. and That's what I see, yeah. Yeah, and I am thinking – and, you know, I saw this moving. I hopped on 49ers at Pickham thinking this could get to three with Sunday night football. I mean, you know, Nathaniel Hackett is the laughing stock of the league. Everybody knows how the, the crowd had to help him with the play call so they could get the plays off. And I, you know, so I'm going against the sharp move. The sharp move will be Denver's at home. It's a tough place to play. I'm going with the fact that 49ers looked energized by Jimmy G coming back. They rallied around that guy. And I think they're healthier. I mean, there's no Justin Simmons. That's big. Now, if Patrick Sertan can't go, and uh, that's huge. And then Jerry Judy. So you have some major pieces on that Broncos who are injured. Uh, let's see their status. And George Kittle could be coming back. So all the injury news to me says 49ers. I just feel they're going to win the game. The coaching staff has got to be a mismatch. It's not the Super Bowl. So Kyle Shanahan should, or the playoffs. So Kyle Shanahan should be fine to outcoach Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, Mikey, I know you're with me on 49ers. 
Yeah, I'm with you on the 49ers. I played them on the money line here. You can still find it minus 115 to minus 120, depending on where you're shopping. Uh, I, I like the spot here for them to ultimately win the football game. Agree with you completely that Jimmy Garoppolo at this point is an upgrade at the quarterback position, especially if and when they welcome back George Kittle to that lineup. I think it's going to be a massive deal. It's really all about the injuries on the other side and the coaching staff for Denver. However, I do expect them to get things right and figure it out eventually. Primetime game as a home underdog now. Not a situation I typically like to fade, but I'm going to do it here. Jerry Judy's injury is incredibly concerning. He's listed day-to-day. There's a chance he goes out there and is able to play. Uh, but, man, that offense has not looked good. Russell Wilson does not look motivated, does not look engaged, engaged at all in this spot. So give me the 49ers on the money line. And I just want to chime in one more thing because I know it's primetime, home dog, it's the great fans. But I think there's a scenario where they can turn. I mean, they can turn against this team. I feel that the pressure, it may not, you know, if they don't get off to a good start, I don't think that home field is going to carry them. RJ, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think I I like the Denver side here. Denver's offense, one of two teams in the top seven in yards per play in both rush and pass. They are moving the ball. They are getting big chunks of of yardage when they move the ball. They just cannot get it done when it matters in the red zone. And that's down to Hackett's play calling has has been a problem we've talked about for two games. Will it continue? I mean, he's a first-time head coach. Um, When I took them in the Futures episode to miss the playoffs, it was because he's in a new role as a first-time coach, as offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, both first-time roles for them and, and, and and, you know, you just don't have that experience on that staff. But the thing about it is they will learn. They will grow. Hopefully, you know, if, if they're not complete bozos and going to be out of this league soon, they're going to figure out how to get it done. So we'll see if that happens as the season moves along. I agree with Mikey. San Francisco gets an upgrade at quarterback at the price of a long-term ceiling. The ceiling's higher if Lance is in this offense and developing. Um, so they don't they lose that. But for short term, we don't care about that. We're talking about week three. And Garoppolo makes, the, makes them better. Both of these defense have been elite so far, but both have had easy matchups and they're going to be tested here. That that movement of four and a half points off the look ahead, I think it's too much despite the coaching mismatch. So I think Denver's probably the play here. I think they're not just not going to score in the in the red zone, you know, all season. I think they're going to get it done at some point and it could be this week. So we'll monitor the injury reports and if they look good, I'll probably be on Denver. Okay. Well, a healthy disagreement is a nice way to end the Sunday slate or or i'm sorry wait wait monday we have cowboys giants is that the monday night football game that's not a bad game really i mean the giants no. are two and oh they're the toast of the town i would say they're 32nd in epa per play on offense so it's not like they're lighting the world on fire the cowboys with that defense to me are a good teaser leg from two and a half to eight and a half what do you guys think about this game let's start with mikey yeah, this one's interesting. It's honestly the one game that I haven't analyzed too much on the slate. Um, but I, my only initial lean at looking at everything is the over 39 and a half. Uh, again, these games, 41 is just a massive, massively key number in the NFL. Um, so that's where I lean is over 39 and a half. I think that there are still enough players out there. Cooper Rush looked competent. They were able to move the ball against Cincy. Uh, and he did that last year, frankly, too. The situations he hasn't been great in are ones where he wasn't prepared to be playing. Once he's prepared to be playing the football game and he's not hurt, not been hit up, uh, I think that there can be some points in this one. So my lean would be over 39 and a half. RJ, what do you got? 
Yeah, the Giants are fortunate to be two and zero. You know, they, and it's credit to Dayball. And I, you know, you know what I think about him as a coach. I love him as a coach, and he's helping them win those games with his decisions and what he's doing. But the offense is twenty sixth in pass yards per play, thirtieth in sack rate, tied for twenty seventh on third down. I mean, they're not getting it done, and they're just happening to win these games anyway. Um, thanks to the defense, uh, thanks to playing Tennessee and Carolina. You know, two teams that are not high up. Now the elite Dallas pass rush comes to town. We'll see if uh, Michael Parsons can get through and carve up this offensive line like he's been doing so far this season and back into last season. The Giants defense winning on third down despite their injuries. They've been had injuries to pass rushers, Thibodeau hurt, Ujulari hurt. Um, they had a cornerback out uh, hurt last week. Um, I'm not sure, um, you know, they're going to have to continue that to win, and I'm not sure they can keep it up, even though Dayball is finding these ways to win. Cooper Rush is solid. You, you can't just stack the box to stop the run game with eight guys and think that he's not going to beat you because he's come out now, played well against Minnesota last year, got a win played well against Cincinnati, got a win. Um, so you just can't take him for granted that he's going to just hand off and try to limit him. They're going to call plays for him and let him go down the field. He marched down the field those first two drives uh, last week. So Tyler Smith, the rookie, making a big impact on the offensive line. The offensive line is 20th in sack rate, you know, so it's weird to say. I think we kind of expected them to be 10 spots lower coming into the season with how much of a train wreck that offensive line looked like and everybody moving around and all the injuries. But they've been respectable, and he played a really good game last week against Cincinnati. So if that continues here – and the Giants can't, can't uh, defense can't win out. I think the, the Dallas is going to win this game. So plus two and a half is a best bet for me also. All right. Great job, Mike. Great job, RJ. Shout out to the chat to Karthik Arun. I hope I'm pronouncing you right for his comment that construction was plus 2,000 to ruin coaches flow today. Uh, I was probably like minus 125 the way I've been, you know, getting under coaches skin with my interruptions. But let's run down the picks. I'm on the 49ers. It's very uh, square. It's very chalky. I don't care. I, I really think. Uh, that Jimmy G, uh, they're going to rally around Jimmy G. They're not going to make mistakes, and they will at least get the win. Mikey's on the 49ers as well. Ravens laying three, parlaying the Chiefs and Eagles at minus 108, the teaser with the Chiefs and the Chargers, and then RJ's got three picks. Bengals to bounce back, finally get a win. Falcons to cover, maybe win outright, and then a great teaser with the Texans and the Titans. One last thing, RJ, I believe you gave out Texans plus three uh, before week two even happened. Correct. We were on the Sunday preview show, the early edge um, at, 10, at 10 a.m. as we always are. I give away some look ahead picks there. Um, you know, the week before one of my, my week one teaser was tease the bills from seven and a half down to one and a half. Cause there's no way they were going to be seven and a half against Tennessee and then tease the Steelers up, um, through, uh, through the three and six to get it. I believe it was seven, either seven and a half or eight and a half. Both of those came in. We hit that teaser. And then on this, this time I said, no way the bears should be favored by three against anybody, which I think we all agree. Um, and so the bears came out late a dud, like we thought, and now <laughs> the Texans are two and a half. So hopefully you got that plus three before the action on Sunday and you're holding that ticket because it's not going to show up at any other point um, over the course of this week. Right. So there's a plug for the Sunday morning show. We always talk about that day, but RJ always gives out a look ahead and the closing line value. Uh, you can't beat it. Guys, thanks so much. I will see you on the rest of the shows this week. Thanks everyone for joining and hopefully the coach will be back tomorrow. 